Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are talking all about week nine of the college football season. Tyler, the Gators are back. We get to talk about the Gators again. Finally. We are going to talk about some Gator football. Then we are going to go into our patented five wide and two point conversion season long picks competition. Hopefully, Tyler, we are better than we were last week. <laughs> one would hope. One would hope. But One would hope. One would assume. We'll see. Um, but one would also start with quick hits like we do every week. Tyler, biggest news, Trevor Lawrence is staying for his senior season. I stop. should backtrack. Stop it. I should stop. backtrack. No, stop it. There is no – I'm not even going to let you explain what this little quick hits article is about. There is no flipping way Trevor Lawrence is staying at Clemson. Literally, even unless, if the Jets unless get the, the one? NFL says uh, no one's allowed to come out. No one, Sergio, it's not going to – I hate this argument. I hate the whole, like, oh, should come back because the Jets are bad. Guess what? The team with the number one overall pick next year is also going to be bad. <laughs> it's always the worst team in the NFL. Like, That is true. I'm sorry. I'm that sorry. is just, true, Tyler. I hate that. I, I personally hate this dialogue mm-hmm. because it's useless. We just go in circles. We're all more intelligent than this. The best, one of the most transcendent quarterbacks we've ever seen is not going to voluntarily stay back at school when he's the guaranteed number one draft pick to is it to a bad team? Yes, but it's always a bad team. This Very isn't true. just the Jets, especially, aren't just some unique bad team. They're coached by Adam Gase. We know exactly why they're bad. Yeah, you're right. Um, they're and not NHL, transcendently bad. Yeah, this is the this is the college football equivalent of Jordan or LeBron, and it's just a very tired take here. I just We're referring so to. I'm madder than I thought I'd be. I'm so sick of this. Like I know you, listeners. Tyler's his his face has changed. Like he's generally a- agitated over this. And we're referring to an ESPN report that came out today. We are recording on Tuesday that Trevor Lawrence is open to the possibility of maybe potentially staying for his senior season. But which, if I mean, you read the quote, he's totally not. Like yeah, he, he he's doing the the PR thing where he doesn't want to close any door, but. Guys, if that door's not closed, then it's it's just literally the only way Trevor Lawrence to go back to Clemson is that the NFL said we're not taking anybody this year. Like everyone go back to school. Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. So glad that we got that out of the way, Tyler. Um, One thing that is out of the way is the Wisconsin quarterback room, Tyler. We talked about Graham. uh, Oh my gosh, his last name. Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz. I was gonna say Hertz. It's like Jalen Hertz, but with an M. Ah, yes, and and not taken in the second round irresponsibly. Um, mm. Graham Mertz tested positive for the coronavirus over the weekend. His second test also came back positive, therefore confirming his diagnosis. Uh, but it wasn't just Mertz who got hit. It was also um, backup quarterback Chase Wolf, who started the season as the third string, um, was then elevated to second string because of the injury Um Excuse Jack me, sorry. Cone. Because injury of the injury to Jack, to Jack Cohn. So now Wisconsin is down their first string quarterback, Jack Cohn. They are down their second string quarterback, who became their first string, Grant Mertz. They are also down their third string quarterback, Chase Wolf, who also tested positive twice, which means he will also miss a minimum of 21 days. That means, Tyler, that redshirt junior Danny Vandenboom, which, by the way, first or, sec- first or second team all name. Just sounds like a quarterback. Is this is this first team all name? Gotta be. Gotta There's be. There's three names. You are right. You are correct. I apologize. Red the only Jr. person the only person in, in college football with a better quarterback name is Rocky Lombardi. Very true. And he has the legacy. That's why his name's so yeah. great. 
So Danny Vandenboom is expected to make his first start this Saturday against Nebraska. Um, Vandenboom appeared in three games in 2018, and the only pass that he completed was a three-yard touchdown pass, which, as we know, isn't really the biggest thing. That's not really much. <laughs> so we were talking about Wisconsin having a fantastic year and being able to essentially put themselves in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. Now, Tyler, maybe not so much. Yeah, like we talked about before, Wisconsin's still Wisconsin, so they could probably get through a couple of the games, but one mm-hmm. of the three games that Graham Mertz is going to be missing is Michigan, which would have already been tough because it always is with a, with you know Michigan's defense and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But now Michigan seems to maybe have an offense, um, an offense that you would need Graham Mertz to score against. Mm-hmm. And we'll see question mark (laughs) i don't i just we'll see what happens because again we've only seen one week of michigan right and it could be it could very these things figure themselves out it could very easily be the fact that oh michigan's offense isn't that great minnesota's defense just is terrible but we don't know yeah we don't know yet so we'll see this is but there's no way around it this is pretty devastating for wisconsin they may win pretty much all the games that he's out of but this just changes a bit of the conversation around them because now you're bringing him back and he he's not in rhythm. And not even that. I think we talked about last week where Paul Christ was finally establishing that um, Russell Wilson playbook that he had as the, when he was the offensive coordinator all those years ago. And now it's just like, all right, back to Wisconsin football. We got to run the football. We have our fourth string quarterback, a guy that clearly we did not want to have start the season is being thrown in the second week. He's going to have to play against Michigan most likely. Um, Yeah, yeah, we're going to go back to seeing some boring Wisconsin football, I guess. Well, Couldn't last forever, Tyler. They gave us a little teaser. It's not like we weren't used to that anyway. That's true. Back to normal, I guess. Um, And then the last thing on Quick Hits, Tyler, I thought it was interesting. Game day is live from Augusta National Golf Course on November 14th in conjunction to when ESPN is covering the Masters there. Tyler, very interesting story. I don't know how I feel about it because part of what makes game day game day is the fact that it yeah. is on college campuses. But given that it's just, yeah, you know, take, no fans anymore, I'm, I'm, I'm kind I mean, of I get it in that regard. Right. Um, but hot take, like, I kind of hate this. Like, Oh, you hate it. I, well, hate might be a strong word. But, like, golf and college football are probably two of the absolute most opposite fan experience sports. Mm-hmm. except for maybe tennis like okay college football watching from a fan perspective college football and watching from a fan of a golf perspective are like the i've done both they're the most different experience in the world right and and that's supposed to be amplified by college game day and of course we can't do that this year so like in a lot of ways i'm like the only time they would ever be able to do this is this year when they can't well the masters anyway. is typically in the spring yeah and the masters so. is there and also on top like Business standpoint makes sense for ESPN, but I just, I don't like this marriage of golf and college football because I'm mm-hmm. just for a bit of a cash grab for ratings, in my opinion, yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, because it just doesn't, it doesn't fit with me. Like, and you know, this doesn't make, this would never happen. This doesn't make any sense, but like, because the world cup wouldn't coincide with college football season. But if like right. the world cup was happening in America mm-hmm. or like some massive soccer thing, and we did that with college game day, I'd be like, perfect. 
similar fan base style. Mm-hmm. The fan so- experience is similar. Soccer at that level in the United States and at other levels and pretty much everywhere else in the world is, in my opinion, a similar fan experience to what we have as college football here. So, right. like, I don't know. I just, I just, it, it's a weird vibe to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's I, not, I it's not to gonna, agree. it's not gonna make me not watch game day, but like, yeah, no, I'm a look, I'm a religious game day watcher. It's my Saturday routine. I watch it every week, regardless of where they're at. But it, I do, I am interested to see how they do it. I think the only difference we're gonna get, Tyler, since there's no fans at game day this year, is instead of shots of an empty horseshoe at Ohio State, we're just gonna get shots of golf courses, you know. I feel like that's, yeah, that's all it'll point. be. I'm interested to see how they interact with some like um, some narrative features, you know, the Tom Rinaldi type piece to see how they kind of factor in the masters to that. So I'm interested to see how they do that. But that's just, you know, from my perspective. We'll see how it goes. November 14th. See how that goes. A little over three weeks away. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Tyler, before we get into the Gator game, a couple of postponements and canceled. Actually, only one. North Texas and UTEP will not be played this Saturday. That is the only game that will not be played that was originally scheduled to be played this week. Tyler, let's talk Gators. Missouri is coming into the swamp to play the number 10th ranked Florida Gators. It is a 7.30 kickoff. I have no idea if we're going to be able to watch this game because the game is on SEC Network alternate and it's on halloween i do not know if oh, i get gonna throw channel. so many wrenches in my okay so like weird behind the scenes thing me and friend yeah. of courtney mims who are neighbors we're i think gonna do something with our other neighbors who don't really watch football just because we all live like right next to each other for halloween right. I'm, i might just be like nah fam i'm gonna watch the florida game <laughs> <laughs> well i think you could have the game on in the I, background i'm the only one who's gonna care so well me and courtney will have courtney it on will our care. Ip- well yeah no courtney and i will have it on ipad while we're all watching like halloween a halloween movie or something yeah or like like friday the 13th or something and in, in our yeah. in our you know so you know quarantining Halloween celebration. I have to see pajama, if I get pajama costumes. I have to see if I get if I get the channel. If I do get SEC, I know I'll get SEC Network. If I get SEC Network alternate, I will a thousand percent be watching it in my apartment. Like watching I have the blue helmets, week. watching those blue helmets. We're getting the throwbacks. I'm gonna throw on Tyler. I expect. Oh no, it's Halloween. I don't know if you're gonna be wearing a throwback. I'll wear. I'll try. Okay, that's gonna be tough because I'm planning on wearing like a pajama thing, like. Halloween costume. Got but they're it. hot. Those are hot. Like so. Hey, maybe you're in Florida. Maybe you decide to, you know, take it off and put the Gator jersey on. I yeah, wouldn't be opposed I'll, to I'll, it. I'll, 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 I'll judge it. I'll judge it. Ga- I'll judge Gators it. coming out with the throwback jerseys that they wore last year against Auburn. Only difference is instead of white helmets, there are blue helmets. So interesting wrinkle to that. Tyler, forget about forget about the costumes. Forget about the uniforms. Forget about the throwbacks. Let's talk ball. What are you expecting to see from this Gators team that, to this point, Tyler, has a total of 37 positive cases throughout the month of October as of, as of Monday, all right? There were six new positives on Tuesday today, um, but there are enough players that we will be playing. Um, most of those 31 cases are out of quarantine, so... The players will be available. We will have 53 scholarship players available. The question is, and we don't know who has it. We'll find out Saturday. It depends on who has it, who doesn't. What are you expecting to see from the offense, given the two-week layoff that wasn't supposed to be there, given the fact that our last game was a loss to Texas A&M, on the road, tough loss? 
What do you expect to see from the offense this week? I'm expecting uh, – Kyle Trask came out and said that he felt when they hit the practice field that there wasn't a lack of rhythm offensively. Okay, that's good. So I just want to see picking up where they left off. Because where they left off is really freaking good. Very like, freaking good. The offense has not been the problem all season. They punted once the entire Texas A&M game. Um, and we can nitpick here and there. They could – I think they could stand later in games. You know, it's it. it's been – statistically looked into in some of the articles i've read that they could stand later in games to continue to commit to the running game a little bit more like they do early right but they're moving the ball um that's not the problem and i just want to see picking up with the lift off there's probably gonna be some rust two weeks off and it's not a normal quarantine or anything they couldn't practice right um it's not like a bye week where they could have practiced yeah but they're getting this week they're getting most of this week i just want to see them back in the rhythm I just want yeah. – and Missouri, look, Missouri's, a, I think, a solid team mm-hmm. and a solid-ish defense. I don't know if they're good. I don't think they're bad. But right. Florida Florida should – regardless, Florida should be able to move the ball on this team. I want to see that. Yes, I agree. And I think it's going to be up to see – I'm very interested to see who ends up being confirmed and being announced that they either had tested positive or they are currently positive. Um because if we're missing some people on that offensive line, that's where I start to worry. We're deep. We have a deep stable of wide receivers. We have a pretty good running back by committee, three or four guys over there. Um, if Trask ends up getting, God forbid, you know, something happens, I have faith that Emery is going to be able to step in. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is the position group that I am worried if our starters and secondary secondary um, depth there is has an effect. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that that's not the case. I want to see the ball being run a bit more, like you said. Not because we can't throw, because clearly we can. Trask the pits is in full effect. Kyle Kyle Trask, if we didn't have these two weeks off, would probably be in the Heisman conversation if we would win the games, obviously. But I want to see us establish the run more because if we can get teams to not only fear the pass, but also respect the pass, but also respect the run, this is what takes an already fantastic offense to a borderline unstoppable offense. And that's what we're striving to be, especially given the way that the defense is playing. Transition. Mm-hmm. How do you think the defense is going to respond after two weeks off? What changes could have been made? Is Because at this point, Tyler, I'm not seeing things changing, and I don't know. I, well, I'm not living in a reality where I'm expecting changes. I'm well, in that I, 2015 yeah. Gator zone with the offense, flip it with the defense. I know what I'm going to get, and it scares me. <laughs> it's, I mean, what what is there to say? Because I think the biggest thing that this defense needed was was reps, was continued reps, was tackling, people playing in positions. Guess what? They couldn't do any of that. Like, And it's not even like they could play the game. They um, couldn't even practice. Now, Kyrie Campbell did tweet that he's back. Yes. So that is a defensive that. tackle that... Kyrie Campbell's not elite, but the thing that Kyrie Campbell gives this Gators defense is that it allows everyone to play in their natural positions, which mm-hmm. they haven't been, because they and this is largely Dan Mullen's fault in this regard. Dan Mullen has not recruited a lot of defensive tackles um, right. since his time in Florida. They've got a lot of the other positions, but they don't have the big guys right in the middle of your defense. Mm-hmm. Because of that, and Kyrie Campbell being out with injury, they've had to move defensive end types inside, move yeah. more more pass rushing linebacker types to defensive end and just shift everyone down a peg where they shouldn't be. Maybe this will help them play in a little bit more of a, let just everybody play in their position more. I think I just, I want to see 
the phys- I want to see the physicality and the intensity. It's mm-hmm. one thing that, like, while Grantham certainly, Ty Grantham's defenses certainly could be nitpicked. I think the first two seasons, what you had at least for them, the hallmark of Ty Grantham's thing is that, like, they play fast, physical, and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can get you a very far, very long way. Yeah. Here's, we're seeing now what happens when the defense has the same, the exact same scheme mm-hmm. and um, doesn't, like, doesn't have that fast, physical, aggressive right. mentality. Like, it's and, just and, not and, good. And I think what you said earlier about finally getting players to play in their natural positions, it's very important. Well, you, you are right. You know, Mullen hasn't recruited as well at the defensive tackle position. I mean, I can think of Brian Cox Jr. is probably the last, like, certified okay i'm comfortable with this man being in the trenches week in and week out i don't have to worry about that position you know what i mean and that was i think he graduated after my junior year of college so that was probably three four years ago um i am very anxious to see how the secondary responds i am most anxious tyler i need to see the old marco wilson because scheme scheme apart different coordinators whatever you want to call it I haven't seen the same Marco Wilson that I have in years prior. And I you can't blame it on the ACL that he tore two years ago because he played a full season last year very well coming off that injury. The man needs to be the leader of that defense. He is the most veteran, elite voice that we have in the secondary, and I need to see stuff from him. I need to see plays being made. I need to see him hyping up his his players because when he goes down in terms of morale or in terms of performance – the rest of the secondary follows. And I need to see that change. And I think that is something that could be improved upon, you know, because he's a natural talent. He's a fantastic corner. Um, but I'm anxious to see it, you know. I'm well, anxious I mean, to see it. This, this time off at least does give them, like, mentally, both sides of the ball, ability to mm-hmm. look back, watch all the film that they can, yep. really evaluate what they've been doing because they don't, they don't have to worry. They, they weren't having to worry as much about, like, all right, well, Texas A&M game happened. We have to go play LSU in like six days. Like right. we we can't have time to reevaluate the state of the football team. We just we got to prepare. Right. They've had at least some time to do that. So mentally, this could help them in that regard. And just being mm-hmm. like, if it's as easy as saying, "Okay, stop playing eight yards off the guys," mm-hmm. if they can identify that, that's good. They've identified it. They still haven't had time in practice to Implement really it. practice it. So. I could see some marginal improvement. Mm-hmm. Missouri's a lesser offense too than I would say Texas A&M. I would. Uh, but we'll see. Missouri has shown offensively that they can they they went 10 of 14 on third down against Kentucky. Yeah. But- which is not a bad defense. So and that was in their game plan. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens and we'll see what the performance looks like because not to look ahead but week after is Georgia so it's uh it's a questionable it's definitely a question as to how ready and prepared they are for the biggest game of the season don't want to look ahead um special teams evan keep doing what you're doing shout out to you bud love you punter already forgot your name punter but but that's good i don't want to know your name i love you and i respect you and i'm glad you're a gator i don't want to know who you are that's the nature of the beast all right tyler let's move forward talk about some other games five wide and two point well, real, this, real, real quick real quick do you think yes. Florida's gonna win I do think Florida's going to win. The question is... What kind of win is this? What kind like, of win is this? Exactly. I what agree. kind of win is this? Is it a... Am I, am I am I calling you after the game, and are we spending 30 minutes talking about 
how anxious we are about this defense against Georgia? Or am I calling you after the game and we're spending 30 minutes talking about, okay, definitely still could improve. We just need a cup. We just need to get lucky. But we just need to get lucky because we need we need to put some points and all Those that stuff. Those are two different outs. I agree. All two right. different types of wins. All right. all right. Let's talk about five wide and two point. Our score to date, Tyler. Tyler K. Williams, 29. Sergio, 25. A four-point difference. We are back at it again, Tyler. It's time to make some moves. I will start us off. Memphis, number seven ranked Cincinnati. It is a noon kickoff on ESPN. I go first. Tyler, this is a game of high-flying, powerful offense, right, in Memphis. Correct. We've seen it the past few weeks. And dare I say, Tyler, the... In terms of style of play, the 2011 Alabama of the American. I'd accept that. Thank you very much. I didn't want to overhype it and be like, oh, the Alabama of the American. You know what I mean? I'd accept that. In terms of style of play, they have a fantastic defense, defense Cincinnati does. Their offense is moving at a glacial pace and controlling the ball fantastic, uh, fantastically. They're doing a great job there. My question here is, it's the same thing we talked about with SMU. Can Memphis score enough to keep up with the lack of time of possession, the lack of the amount of touches that they have? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if Memphis ends up taking too long to score, I think they're done with. Because you know Cincinnati's going to hold the ball for six to eight minutes of drive. Yeah, if you look at Memphis's games, mm-hmm. Memphis has... They have a tight win over UCF. They probably should, could have, they very well could have lost. They should have. They have. They have a. They have a tight loss against SMU. They very mm-hmm. well could have won, if mm-hmm. not for a couple missed time turnovers. Right. They're a very good team. Here's the thing, and I think it's the nature of the, the, these teams is that Memphis is the type of team that I think can beat anyone, and and has shown they can. But in order, but in order to do that. Memphis has to get into a fight. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati doesn't get into fights. They knock you out. Yep. So I think that it's, I'm not picking first, but like that's something to consider. Cincinnati hasn't really struggled at all this season. Like they mm-hmm. SMU is a good team that they went up against. And early on, it was like Cincinnati was clearly beating them. And then they just ran away with it in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to make my pick. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, yeah. and it's because of the blueprint of what I saw last week with SMU, right? SMU yeah. ends up taking a bit too long on their possessions, and Cincinnati says, great, wonderful, because when we get the ball, we are going to take our time. And for that reason, I see Memphis and SMU as similar stylistically. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati. My biggest my biggest uh, reason for picking Memphis when they played UCF was because I thought it was coaching matchup and Ryan mm-hmm. Silverfield was a better head coach than Josh Heupel. Still believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Luke Fickle, who knows about coach. the future, but Luke Fickle right now is a better coach with a better team than, than, than yeah. Ryan Silverfield with Memphis. So I will agree. I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. And at the group of five level, I think coaching matters It more matters so than at much. the power five level. Like, 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, just case in point, just real quick. Look at Scott Frost. Like I still believe Scott Frost is a great coach, but like the talent deficit he has in Nebraska is just matters so much more than whatever yeah. coaching he can bring to that. Like yeah. you he's got to only... overcome the talent deficit. He didn't have to do that at UCF. Right. He was he had the best talent in his division in his in his conference. 
you can only scheme so much against Justin Fields. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're going up against yeah. someone of that quality. So, makes sense. Tyler, next game is the 3.30 CBS kickoff. LSU at Auburn. Battle of the Tigers. Uh, Tyler, you can go ahead and pick this game. The coach going down the pants. Them Bayou Tigers are hitting up to them Alabama Tigers. Note, uh, okay, I'll, I'll break this down. In a game of mojo, of Tiger on Tiger mojo, uh-huh. LSU lost their mojo really early in the season, and I think last week, given the bye week after not playing Florida, last week playing Auburn, uh, playing South Carolina and beating them pretty handily, I think they're starting to figure themselves out. They are still a weak. They're not. This is still like not a great LSU team. LSU is not back to 2019 no, or 2018 levels even. That's yet. not what I'm saying at all. But no. They're fi- I think they're starting to figure out what they want to be. They're getting their mojo mm-hmm. back a little bit. Yeah. I th- I th- this this team still has a ceiling. Like, like LSU mm-hmm. is still, like, I mean, closer to... There's eight games. There's ten, ten games in the SEC ten this games. year. They're closer to... to, to, to they're closer to six? five and five than, than yeah. seven, I seven think, and three. I think six is a good year. Six is not, a great year not, this LSU not at the team. beginning of the year, but, like, right now, if you told an LSU fan, hey, you're going to walk away with six wins this year, I think they'd take it. Yeah. I think LSU's beginning to find their mojo. Auburn has used every dra- last drop of mojo to win two of their three games. Uh, Auburn is on. Straight up, they could have they could have lost to Kentucky, which is the one like outright win that they have. Like, uh, Auburn right now with their mojo tank, it's like when you're driving and your car is on E, and at least my car tells me how many miles until I like have like I'm out of gas. But when it gets too low, it starts to flicker and it doesn't give me the amount of miles. It's just like a dash line. Like, hey, fill me up, dude. That's what Auburn is on right now. Auburn is just their mojo is is flashing. It's saying, I don't know how you got through these last two weeks, but we're gonna we're gonna push Do through the anyway. easier part of their schedule. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for that very reason, I mean, I'm gonna take LSU because mm-hmm. I think that you know after after the first about two, probably two weeks. We, we might not have thought this, mm-hmm. but everything I've seen Auburn do, I cannot trust them. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Short of a team named Vanderbilt, I cannot trust Auburn. Like, <laughs> I understand that, and I'm going to do the dumb thing, and I'm going to trust Auburn. Here's why, Tyler. Here's Dude. Why. Here's why. You need to look at Bo Nix at home versus on the road or neutral site. These okay. are two different quarterbacks, Tyler. All These right. are two completely different quarterbacks. On the road, we're looking at great value, high school wannabe Johnny Manziel. That's who we're looking at on the road. At home, we're we're looking at we're looking at potentially, potentially, right? Potentially, um, come on, I'm don't give me those eyes. I, I gave him a potentially. look. Yeah. You did give me a look. We're looking at potentially Alabama game Johnny Manziel, like. We're, we have well, that potential. You don't even have to say home. Alabama game. Joe Bonix has beaten Alabama. Bonix <laughs> did it last year. He's shown us like, that he can do it. I think in a game like this, where LSU is most likely starting up their backup quarterback for a second game in a row, which kind of works in LSU's favor because he's going to get the first team reps, got the game experience already. Um, but this is the first time that that player is going out on the road. Auburn is not an easy stadium to play, and we all know what's happening in the SEC where the the – the um, 
coronavirus restrictions are really not the best that they should they're be. more they treat them more like suggestions they exactly the they treat them as suggestions the restrictions mean they just mean less here in the sec <laughs> well done tyler well done but with that being said i think it's going to be a little bit of an atmosphere at jordan here and i like I williams. tuned into this game <laughs> I, I am too i like williams i like bo nicks at home I want to emphasize, I like him at home, different player on the road. Um, And I need to catch up, Tyler. And I think this is the window that I feel like I need need Bo Nix at his best. I need LSU to revert to that Mississippi State-type game. I need Williams to have a field day against this LSU secondary. Very possible. I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to say that happens. I mean, Seth Williams is a monster. He's probably going to be the best player on the field. Yeah. I think so. Like, I, I really think so. I don't think it's a question. I either. want <sighs> Auburn pisses me off sometimes because they have they have such talent, but they don't they do. use their offensive talent in the correct way. All right, anyway, listen, you're you're um, just gonna you're opening Pandora's box of coaching at Auburn, and we don't have enough. We don't time have time for that, for we don't that have Tyler. Time for that. Uh, but I think LSU is gonna. I'll I'll pick LSU. Uh, you'll pick Auburn. Uh, All right, Tiger Cage match. Let's move on. Tiger Cage match. Moving forward, let's head over to the Big Twelve where we have Texas heading on the road, going to Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff. The game is on Fox. Tyler, here is my rationale for this game. I'm picking. I'm going to make it super easy. I'm picking Oklahoma State, and here's why. Because Spencer Sanders. <laughs> and Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> and, and what's the wide receiver's name? I forgot his name. Real Tylen um, Wallace. And Tylen Wallace are playing in this football game against a Texas team that you want to talk about a team that's good on at home versus on the road. Oh boy. Tyler, have let's you go, heard of the let's Texas go on Longhorns? Down to Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of the Texas Longhorns, Tyler? <laughs> um this is the after last week, the favorite in the Big 12 at home against a team that has a big name but isn't necessarily living up to that name. And I think because of that, Oklahoma State is going to see this game as a way. It's kind of like that Michael Jordan, they're going to make things up in order to perform better, you know, building these narratives. They're going to build this narrative in their head that, oh my God, it's Texas coming in this and that, whatever. When Texas in reality is a beatable team if you are at the level of what Oklahoma State is doing this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have a really good defense. We talked about the offensive weapons that they have. They're at home, 4 o'clock kickoff, 3 o'clock local time. I'm taking Oklahoma State. To me, it's it's a no-brainer. I don't trust Texas, and Sam Ellinger can only do so much for this football team right now. He's literally maxed out yeah. his potential, you know? Yeah, there are there are a total of at least three star players on Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, and Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. There is one in, uh, star player in the entirety of the Texas roster, and that is mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger. And, and, we could even, that- and we could even argue Sam Ellinger's star how like yeah how much uh, of a star he is college it, college wise he is I just don't think talent yeah, yeah, wise I, and, I mean Spencer Sanders is a college star I don't think he's gonna yeah no me either. yeah but he's but only a more, sophomore but we'll see that's true um but then okay so you got that so three to one on star player advantage mm-hmm. um Oklahoma check State has Oklahoma better State. defense Oklahoma State has better defense Oklahoma check State is Oklahoma at home State. Oklahoma State has check. a better coach check um they have been more consistent check I'm not seeing anything can I give you one more? Texas. Yeah, go ahead. I, Oklahoma State won a game where they were supposed to win 
they got in trouble and they pulled it out anyway in their they opener won an ugly against Tulsa. They won an ugly game. And that is an underrated aspect of the great teams. Every single one of these great teams that we have seen throughout the past decade in the college football playoff era has won an ugly game that they were supposed to win, got into a pickle, and got themselves out of that pickle. And Oklahoma State has already gone through that fire. First game, they said, you know what, let's do it Let's do it now. No better time than the present. And I feel because of that, Texas can't do that. Texas yeah. doesn't do that. Texas so. loses those games. And exactly. uh, I'm, I'm also going to pick Oklahoma State. Well done. Smart I man, think, Tyler. I mean, Oklahoma State is one... They're they're the Big Twelve favorite to at least get to the title game. If they be, if mm-hmm. they win this game, they're they're making it. Like mm-hmm. short of a, a drastic implosion, they're making the title game. They would need to lose Bedlam against Oklahoma. We're still probably doing away. They would have to what? They always lose Bedlam, but that's not important. Continue. Oh, I can't wait for that game. I, the preview on that game will be fun. Um, and then they'll have to slip up another time. You know, I don't see that happening with Oklahoma State this year. So, yeah. Awesome. Agreed. Agreed. Let's head a little bit further south, Tyler. We're talking about Arkansas and Texas A&M. It is a 7th. Oh, the Texas game is a 4 o'clock kick on Fox. I forgot to say that. Yeah. Arkansas A&M is a 7.30 kick on SEC Network. And Tyler, this game is typically in Dallas, Texas at Jerry World because of the ties between Jerry Jones and his alma mater, Arkansas, and, you know, Texas school. State, state of Texas. Yeah. Right. Um, this game is at Kyle Field. We try to do some homework. We try to do some research. Can't figure out why. The contract runs until 2024, so they should be playing this year. My only I suggestion, my only idea is because 2020 is 2020, and they're maybe trying to mitigate having a neutral site game where fans can go and this and that, whatever, and just kind of keeping it at, at home. And then I guess a and going to owe Arkansas this game eventually when the contract runs out or something. Um, regardless, Tyler, these two teams are going up. We have a surging hot Arkansas team playing much better than anyone expected. And we have AM coming off of some good victories and kind of proving themselves to be more legit than in years prior. What do you think? I get to go first here. You do get to go first, yes. Important to note, Arkansas has never beat Texas A&M since, them, since they joined the SEC. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of close games, though. Oh, the, every game is close between the two. Even yeah. even the bad Chad Morris teams somehow Some play this game close. Yeah. Um, but Arkansas has never beaten Texas A&M. Texas mm-hmm. A&M is currently, consensus, one of the top four teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, as the only other SC West team that's really established themselves. Mm-hmm. And people are also like, cause then you look at Arkansas and you're like, Okay, but what is Arkansas really like? Right, we, we, Arkansas is a team where you really have, you have to watch their whole season and then evaluate where they are at. That's like, what I was gonna say. You you can't um, judge Arkansas based on these first few games. That's absolutely correct. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. are you doing it? I'm gonna pick the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh my gosh! Uh, we'll Tyler. pick Suey. Felipe Franks. He's gonna beat Texas A&M. He's gonna get revenge for 2017 wearing those awful Gator skin unis. Um, Arkansas is is tougher. Arkansas is playing with fire. And Texas A&M by week. Yep. I just feel Texas A&M has a slip up in them. That's this game. I'm gonna take Arkansas. And you know what? I don't feel bad about it. You might start saying things. You, Sergio has still got his hand covered his mouth. I think he's utterly shocked at this. Like I, I am utterly shocked at this. 
No, I, 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 think, baby. I think this is the first Arkansas pick in the history of sideline judgment. I'm not exaggerating. Really? I uh, Okay. Tyler, we've done this for four years. How bad has Arkansas been for the past four oh, years? That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I can't off the top of my head think of a time that I picked We're them. not talking about the Brett Bielema teams. That was no, after. We started with Chad Morris. Well, um... I still, I'm not. Arkansas Razorbacks are going to win this football game. Sam Pittman's going to get a top ten win as an as the Arkansas head coach on the road. Felipe Franks is going to play great. Um, the Arkansas defense Arkansas is going to win a top the, ten game on the road in the SEC. I need a, The I need Arkansas a defense Woo! is going to make Kellen Mond look like what he actually is. Tyler, all it's right, like, Tyler, I cede the oh, floor. Make stop. me, make me. Sound like an idiot. Tyler, it's 40 degrees outside, but it's so warm in here. Oh, my God. The heat of this take. Lord, I have seen what you've done to others. I am so happy you have decided to do it to me. I appreciate the free point this week. Give me the Texas A&M Aggies in the greatest layup in sideline judgment history. Tyler, mark you're the tape. gifting mark this the, to me. Just mark the tape, buddy. Mark the when tape. 37th wins, minute of the pod. You're going to be real upset. You're going to be Oh my lord! You did. I can't. You picked Arkansas. <laughs> what everything Tyler. we watched of Arkansas this entire season, Tyler. You just said you cannot judge Arkansas based on yeah. the first few games. You, I meant that more in the sense. I meant that mouth. more in the sense as as of like their placement within the structure of the SEC. But I can judge the type, like their their play. Okay. I can judge Granted. their their phys- I can judge that their defense is good. They play physical. They play tough. I, I can't judge their overall place within the college football world because it's things like Texas A&M, we can judge, okay, they've won these many games. I can judge their placement among the top of the SEC uh-huh. based off every, like how I know that they relate to the rest of the conference. Okay. But I can judge Arkansas on the play that I've seen on the field. And the play that I've seen All on right. the field, I also think this is – I think they're just going to – I think Texas A&M, is, they're just going to get got. I think a lot of this has to do. I, I, think, I think this is a Kellen Mond gets got game, and I'm not a Kellen Mond hater. I just I, I know I'm probably gonna get <laughs> Tyler. This. Tyler, I'm not a Kevin Mond hater. Get out of here. I'm a you Kellen Mond truther. <laughs> You're a true. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a hater. I'm just a truther. Not my fault if you don't like the truth. Quote Tyler uh, Williams. Tyler okay, don't make, don't 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 make me sound like that. <laughs> Good lord! Well, I'm, you're the one picking Arkansas on the road against a top ten SEC team. Yeah, but you don't have to. Be, okay, all right, all right. No, I understand well, you're not that high on Jimbo Fisher since he's since those miracle. Not gonna say miracle, but since those fantastic FSU years. But come on, man. I I think I don't think Arkansas is gonna implode. I just I'm sorry, Texas A&M's gonna implode. I just think I think a lot. I Tyler. I think, I think in order for Arkansas. In order for Arkansas to beat Texas A&M, they have to implode. That's how I feel. Because I do like this Texas A&M team. I do like the adjustments that they made in-game when they were playing Florida. They see some, That's where Jimbo is a good coach, where he sees an, an opening, something that's happening, and he attacks it. We've yet to see something like that from Sam Pittman. Granted, it's like five games in, so it's not... You know what I mean? It's not anything crazy. Yeah, I mean... Not judging his coaching prowess because of that, but... I just I think in this situation I go with the surefire bet in my opinion okay. I'm gonna go with A and M. All right. Oh my lord. Coward. Cat. Oh oh. 
It's like no, that. We're, okay. we're, we're moving on. We're moving on. I just want you to – this is the SEC equivalent of picking Rutgers. We are supposed to be happy Come when on, Arkansas this wins. This is not the same as that. Tyler, like, we're supposed to be happy when Arkansas wins. We're never supposed to risk our points with Arkansas. Why are okay? you complaining about this? <laughs> because I care about you. I love you. I don't want you to – you fell into I the love must you. Chat. I'm trying to get you back into this race to make you feel Tyler, better about yourself. You're the I'm, man who entrusted Will Muschamp with your two-point last week. Don't bring that up. Oh, oh! Now I can't bring that I, up. I, I, I spent an entire segment on this podcast berating <laughs> myself. You don't get to do it. Like, fine, good lord. Let's move on before we, before we get into a bigger argument. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I can't. I, why am I arguing? I want the point. Like, <laughs> oh, the last game of the five wide. The number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the number eighteenth ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. It is a seven thirty kick on ABC. It is Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler. That game of the week, fantastic. Um, Tyler, I'm going to make it easy, and I'm going to pick Ohio State. Are you going to pick Penn State in this one, Tyler? Is that what no, you're going to do? No, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to pick Ohio State. Okay. <laughs> we saw you can, last you week. calm down. All right, I'm calm, I'm calm. We saw last week um, that Ohio State's really good. You know, they, it's kind of like they're consistently one of the best recruiting teams. They have a transcendent quarterback who's going to make a difference in the NFL and Justin Fields. And regardless of how many – different position players that they um, graduate or send to the draft, they just retool. They reload. They're in that Bama stratosphere. They're in that Clemson stratosphere. Clearly the third best team in the country. So give yeah, me Ohio no, State. Make it I easy. Agree. And there's no fans at Penn State. State. So it's not even going to be a whiteout. It's not even going to be the raucous energy. That might have made a difference in my pick because second game of the season, if it was you know Happy Valley's packed, whiteout, those are, that's an experience I want us to go to one day, Tyler. I want to go to a whiteout game at Happy Valley, but not happening this year. Give me Ohio State. Let's make it easier. I agree. I got nothing. I got nothing to say. All right, here we go. Um, let's go into two point, Tyler. Um, you go first this week. So, Tyler, what is your two point conversion? I don't take Kansas to win. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Kansas, Arkansas. Come on, Tyler. Jeez. Okay. Give me Austin P. Over me from me from being bold. Okay, I see how it is. Um, if this backfires on me, I might. Have I, to, I you're, might have you're to, never gonna hear the end of it for me. I'm gonna retire. Um, I will retire from podcasting. I will we'll have Michael will, on next week. It'll be like, hey, so just it will, like be Michael's, it will be Michael's. It will be Michael's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be you and Michael. It'll transition to a Jags podcast. That's what it'll do. Um, no, don't put that evil on me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, um, sorry. I I only reserve that for Sundays. Okay. Um, <laughs> In honor of the big, in honor of the Big Ten being back, yes, I will be picking a Big Ten game. Oh, and oh boy, okay. Uh, I, oh my God, don't no. Um, what are you doing? I'm not. It's not Rutgers. Calm okay. down. It's, All right. Um, Is it Nebraska? <laughs> no, although that, okay. I will say that like Wisconsin, Nebraska, the greatest quarterback name of all time first game i agreed it's on the road it's on the road if nebraska was to get wisconsin this is the way it would happen so just keep an eye out for that mm-hmm. i'm not picking that okay but i will okay. say uh going up against two teams both i think are of equal caliber one uh team finally finally after years changed their offensive coordinator and scored like 50 points last yes. week i love where you're going with this um the other lost um, and only scored 20 points and has had also like the same offense coordinator for like forever, but there's just typically okay. Cause they have yeah. pretty good talent. 
But I'm going to take the Northwestern Wildcats to beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Well done, Tyler. I support this pick. Oh, this oh really? Pick, <laughs> this pick gets the cosign. Um, yeah, that that change in the offensive coordinator was made a world of a difference for Northwestern. And Iowa's doing Iowa-type things. Um, we know that Iowa can only muster the strength to beat teams that they shouldn't at night. We know that that's only a thing, and they have to wear their black uniforms and stuff like that, similar to Purdue. Um, I like this pick for you, Tyler. Great job. 330 yeah. on ESPN. Well done. Um, Tyler, since you decided to go out on a limb and you know pick an Arkansas team, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually bring it a little closer to home. Um, There's oh very boy. few teams on this podcast, Tyler, that we openly throw our support behind. The Florida Gators, obviously, obviously are our team. It. Our Waffle House University Bees, also known 100%. in the college football world as the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And Tyler, we would like to welcome back one of those teams this week. Tyler, on Friday night, there is a game oh boy. being oh, yes, hosted sir. by Wyoming. It is a 945 Eastern kick on FS1. Yes, sir. And the road team in that game is our Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Oh, Welcome back. There it is. Cole McDonald sold his farm, but it's okay because we are still riding with our Rainbow Warriors. Give me Siobhan Hawaii. Cordero is your quarterback. Give what is his name? Shivan Cordero. That is a fantastic name. Yeah. Shivan Cordero? I think that's how you pronounce it. Is C-H-E-V-A-N. Shivan. Cordero. C-O-R-D-E-I-R-O. Cordero. I know it's pronounced the last name pronounced Cordero because he's played behind Cole McDonald. Yes. And I've heard him say it. Okay. I, I don't remember exactly how to pronounce his first name. Tyler, I don't care who's I don't I don't care who the quarterback is. We are supporters of the Rainbow Warriors on this podcast. Our late night kings. Yes, our sir. champions. They will be having a version of Pac-12 after dark. 9.45 p.m. kickoff on Friday, FS1. Best believe that I am watching this game. Best believe that allegedly I will be live betting this game. Um, give me our Rainbow Warriors. Welcome back to the pod. Just yes, so sir. nice yes, for sir. our teams to be back. I'm making the pick for the brand, Tyler. I I, I, I support it. I support Throwing it. my support behind Would you believe me if I said that I actually I did look at this? I would um, definitely believe you. I was afraid oh, you were going to take it because I know you <laughs> think just like I do. <laughs> I was close. I was but I'm close. glad, I'm glad um, you went full full uh, Miller and Cheese, Miller High Life and Cheese and went Big Ten. So very happy that you made that decision. Yeah, yeah I got to honor them being back. Yeah, of course, them, of know? course. Of course. All right, to recap uh, our five wide games. Remember the scores, Tyler 29, Sergio 25. Four points is what is needed to tie. Um, the games that we have picked are Memphis at number seven, Cincinnati. That's a noon kickoff on ESPN. We both have Cincinnati. LSU taking on Auburn, 330 CBS, game of the week. Tyler has LSU, I have Auburn, then we head over to the Big 12, Texas is taking on Oklahoma State, 4 o'clock kickoff on Big Fox, and we both have the Oklahoma State Cowboys in that game. Then, in the curveball of the century, Arkansas taking on Texas A&M, 730 kick on SEC Network, Tyler took Arkansas, I took Texas A&M, 
And in the last game of five wide, the Ohio State Buckeyes are taking on Penn State, 7.30 on ABC. That's the Herbie and Fowler game. We both have Ohio State. For our two-point conversions, Tyler has decided to go with the intellectuals at Northwestern over the Iowa Hawkeyes, and I have decided to represent the brand and support our Rainbow Warriors to beat Wyoming on Friday night on the road. fully into it. Tyler, don't forget we have Missouri-Florida, 7.30 Eastern on SEC Network Alternate. Hopefully we can watch that game. If not, we are going to be have we are going to have to watch that entire game online, finding somewhere, allegedly finding some. Hey, kind of life finds a way. Life finds a way. Tyler, before we sign off for this preview episode, let's do tweets we've shared. Tyler, what is your favorite tweet that I have shared with you this week? Uh, you shared me a tweet by uh, Hollywood Spence at Spence Meekins. Um, is regard to a CBS Sports HQ tweet from a certain uh, Big Twelve game that happened this year. And uh, it, the tweet says, this is a fireable offense. What is it referencing? The fact that Baylor punted from the Texas 30-yard line. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> how are you not in field goal range? How do, you, how do you watch what happened? And how, how do you like look at your team like seven yards away from the red zone? And say, you know what we should do? We should punt the football. <laughs> this this is why defensive coordinators shouldn't be head coaches. And you know what the crazier part was? It's not like they were like down 45 points. With this was in like the first left. quarter. <laughs> the score was 0-0. It's insane. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I, oh, I don't get it at all, Tyler. Insane. Dave Aranda, I think you're a great defensive mind. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I, I, I don't get that. Come don't on. Get that and, at all. and you're tied with Texas, a not good Texas team, and you're going to uh, kick a field goal. Yeah. You're at home. <laughs> I don't, I, stupid. <sighs> all stupid. right. Well, Tyler, my favorite tweet that you sent me is on the NFL side. It is by Derek Klassen. He is at QB Kloss, and he tweets Dak Prescott. Oh, excuse me. Dak Prescott is the MVP this season in my personal record book. And oh boy, is that the Absolutely. truest statement I've ever heard. The truest statement. Because without him, the Cowboys are, how do you say, basura. Like, See, hand, hands down, they're a dumpster fire. They are so bad. bad. They are. And it was, it was I said this uh, last episode, but it was always going to be interesting with the Cowboys and they're like, okay, Dask Prescott's down. Now we're going to really see what his value is. Yeah. Because everybody else on the team is still there. And he'd been playing lights out, but like, is it because the offensive system is so good? And Andy Dalton's been around for a while. Like Andy yeah. Dalton's won games. Like he's in, he was an NFL. He had a kid, a if, couple 10 wins. If it's that, if your argument is that Dak is average and the offensive system is so good, Andy Dalton should at least be able to score points. They traveled to Washington DC to kick a field goal the other day. Like, not, not a great it, use of resources, Bob. No, like they are terrible. And Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott was, I think, I think, still a week after his injury was leading the NFL in passing yards. <laughs> like a get a week of games had been played. Remember when and we he all was said, still leading the NFL in passing yards? Like remember he, when he got hurt and we were all like, "Man, he's gonna lose out on so much money, this and that, whatever." Uh, uh-uh, uh, he's gonna I make don't more think money. That's now. the case anymore. If he's gonna stay with the Cowboys, oh my God, are they bad? They'll be like, please come back, please. Yes, they'll be like, you want fifty million a year? Done. You want part ownership of the team? Done. Good yeah, it's, Lord. I mean, and all this coming in the backs, like, of course, as we've said many times, like, we're very, 
Hope Jack feels better. And I know that health is number one. Well, so like, mm-hmm. but I'm also Paul. Part of me is just like, hey, Dak, you get an out. Like, go to a team that's not Dallas. Um, yeah, dude, start and, playing. You know, <laughs> like we'll be good because did you, did you know? I just learned this recently. So Mike McCarthy said in his interview with the Cowboys, which by the way, the Cowboys when they were hiring a coach, only I believe interviewed two coaches: Jim Caldwell and Mike McCarthy. Two retread hires that had been out of the league for like a year. In a, in a league that's consistently just going more and more younger, Young, uh, air raid type system Which is the whole coaches. thing that I had an argument with some of my Jaguars friends the other day who were like, fire Doug Marone and promote Jay Gruden to from offense coordinator to head Negative. coach. And I was like, no, 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 no. No. I don't. I've already seen that movie in Washington. You know what you do? It you, didn't you, work you, out. You, you take the Brinks truck, you drive it up 95 to Charlotte, and you pay Joe Brady. I would do it. I would rather do that than give Joe, Jay Gruden uh, the money. So would I. I want a young guy. But regardless, mm-hmm. they interviewed Mike McCarthy, and he said that in his year off, he had watched every single snap of Dallas Cowboys football. Like he'd Oh, yeah, I remember he, that. Yeah, and uh, apparently uh, he, he admitted in his opening press conference, I obviously didn't watch because I'm not a Cowboys fan. He admitted to lying about that. In his job interview. In to everyone. In his <laughs> boss on national television at a press conference as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And they paid him so much money, and now they're kind of stuck with him. I think they should fire him, but they're kind of I stuck do too. with him. Well, I mean, I think they should have just never hired him in the uh, first that, place. That's the bigger thing. And have unloaded money at Lincoln Briley. Yeah, but, but, Ty- like, but Tyler, you know, that would require Jerry Jones listening to other people. Yeah. So... A concept that he isn't too familiar with. So, hi, yeah, yeah. All right. How does well, it feel, Sergio, to actually have a well-run organization? Okay, so I had a scare this morning because there were new, there were rumors that the Dolphins were shopping Xavier Howard, and while I understand why they wanted to do that before the season started, they were shopping around before the season started. Had an injury. Was a great defender. Obviously, he's leading the league in interceptions, and he's only played in four games. Um, but with the move from Fitz to Tua, that move was indicating, hey, we're trying to win now. You know, we're trying to compete. We're trying to actually go out and win football games, not tanking or anything like that. So then for them to come out today and say, hey, we're shopping, we're shopping one of the best cornerbacks in the country, in the league. I was like, what is, what is going on? What's the signals? And then turns out 30 minutes later, the Dolphins were like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I don't know who reported that. <laughs> Omar Kelly from the Sun Sentinel, you got your facts wrong. Now, granted, I think Omar Kelly was onto something. I don't think he got his facts wrong. I just think the Dolphins, when people got wind of it, were like, well, no, 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 it's probably one of those things it. where like somebody – well, I imagine a team approached them. Because I imagine this is what happens. There's, there's, there's two sides of this. Mm-hmm. They might not have been shopping Xavier Howard around, but if a team, if an NFL team comes to you and says like, "Hey, what do you want for this player?" You're gonna listen, regardless well, of how good the play, unless it's Tom Brady. Like, but, he, or but even Mahomes, then, you're even like, then, I'm not you you enter, you listen to offers. You don't necessarily entertain offers. Yeah, you listen, and so so the very listening to a trade offer that has Xavier Howard's name in it is mm-hmm. enough for people to be like, they're shopping him around. Right. I get where that you'd go with that, but that's probably that's probably the case. Yeah, but so so, so that was my experience with how's it feel to have a competent organization now. First of all, it's been a while. Very happy with it. Um, interesting to see how it goes this Sunday. Aaron Donald. This is a big. This is a big week for you. It's a big week. I think the next. I think we're really gonna get a good feeling in three weeks because we play the Rams and Aaron Donald this coming Sunday. 
Granted, they are coming to Miami. Miami's coming off of a bye week. They just played Monday night. Um, it's setting up well for you. It's setting up well for me. And then after that, we go to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Um, we'll see. Who we'll knows? see how the next two weeks Who knows? Go. He's definitely I, Tua's definitely getting thrown to the fire. Trial by fire. So I, Here's the thing. The pressure's on because the other two top 10 rookie quarterbacks that we're drafting. They're playing pretty good. They're both playing really playing well. Playing really well. But look. Uh, here's the situation. What if we get something like Herbert where played well his first four or five weeks but just didn't end up getting the win by no fault of his own? That's, what if that happens with Miami? That's in Joe Burrow's entire season. So like, and that's, that's, yeah, that's I, been Burrow's. I'm okay with that. I, I think okay Burrow has covered every single spread this year. Yeah. Which is something that is – And I think a lot of – I mean this – this and it comes it comes one of those things that like we talk about, again, more NFL tangent that we go on, mm-hmm. um, is that – and this plays in the college football – we're seeing more and more every single year that like rookie quarterbacks get off to a faster, faster start every single year. They're well, more prepared for it's offense because in the it's league. because the way that offenses are run in the NFL now are trending towards what is happening in college and in high the school. college game. Yeah, yeah, everything. And football works from the ground up, where someone will innovate something at high school, college will steal that concept, and then when it works in college, the NFL will steal that concept, and that's what we're yeah. seeing right now. So, and then the farm system trickles up, and eventually, you don't have. High schools aren't producing the, the the big girthy guys to run, um, what they what offices used to run in the 1990s, mm-hmm. and then colleges stop getting colleges stop getting them, so they have to adapt to more speed. And then the NFL is like, okay, well now we just have all of every year these draft classes are full of amazing wide receivers. Why? Because mm-hmm. that's what they're getting. Yeah, like, and, and it's and if we want to go into like a deep dive there, just we won't because we're gonna wrap the show up, but. That is also part of the whole cap structure of a team. Like, how do you structure your team? What position is worth the most that you're going to give those big bucks to? Because if you have an, if you have a Tyreek Hill coming out every two years, you know you can replace those guys with cheaper rookie contracts. And it goes into the terms of team building and who's going to get the money. There's the whole don't pay running backs wave going on right now, that kind of stuff. So it's, oops, sorry about that. Very interesting to see those concepts and, and stuff going on there. So to answer your question, feels great to have a competent organization, Tyler. <laughs> Must be nice. Tanking um, works, Tyler. Say it with me. Tanking. Tanking works. works. Excellent. There we go. And with that, Tyler, we will end this episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Arkansas. Hey, hey now. Woo pig suey, baby. Hey, hey now. I'm not going to say gigum, but I will say All right, well, go Gators. Go Gators. We're back, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs>